0: Hello, world, and thank you for joining me today. This is Shelly Shearer, and you are listening to the podcast Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, where if I've experienced it, I'm going to share it with you. If I've learned it, I'm going to tell you about it, and always some education along the way. Good morning, world, and welcome. It's Shelly Shearer here, and today I'm going to talk about wine. I'm not even sure that I've got a not living in regret point to be made today, <laughs> but you know what? I just want to talk about wine today. So I just came back from vacation and uh, if you want to laugh and a lesson on life, listen to the previous podcast called Sea Doos and Adrenaline because there are a few life lessons (laughs) in that particular podcast and I acted like a crazy person. But week one of my vacations, one of my dearest friends, Cindy and her daughter joined us and we're like the surrogate aunt and uncle to her and we went off and did some wine tasting. Now the Okanagan Valley in Penticton is like a little teeny, and I do mean teeny, mini Napa. And when I say teeny, it's because almost every single winery, and there are hundreds, could fit into one Napa Valley winery. And as with kind of typical things in North America, for those of my listeners in in Europe and, and overseas, we are New World style wines. Although I do have to say I've got a lovely couple of examples of old world style style wines and, uh, and they're just lovely. But this is mo- mainly for those people that live in the area and would just like to know a little bit more about BC Wines. So if you don't know this about me already, I am a YSET student, level three. Wine is my love. I don't earn a living at it. I don't work in that industry. It is strictly for my own edification and my own love. I actually ended up taking those starting the courses about five or six years ago because I wanted to learn about old world wine. I was introduced to to a big bold reds in my late 20s. and I come from a family actually of non-drinkers, so I didn't have all those teenage experiences of, you know lemon gin and uh, Jack Daniels or too much beer. There was just none of that stuff was really in my youth. When I did start to drink, this is a little odd. I didn't start with white wine and mixed stuff. I started with single malt scotch and big bold Bordeaux's. I know, a little odd. Uh, And I'm a gin drinker and I like all my alcohol not mixed with sugar and stuff that makes it taste weirdo. Okay, I could actually drink almost anything that I enjoy. I drink on the rocks and wine and and such is is something that I thoroughly enjoy. But I needed, my introduction started with New World wines. I was a huge Napa and Australian a drinker, New Zealand, those types of places. A little later, got into Argentinian and Chilean Chilean wine, but I never really had a palate for the old world world wines. I found them watery, and they just weren't the same for me. I like the big and the bold. And if you can hear that dinging, my apologies. I've got someone texting me, and hopefully a listener. I must say, hopefully a listener. So, I actually wanted to go to school and learn what made a good wine, not just whether I liked it or not. I wanted to be able to distinguish and offer advice and comment on things that weren't necessarily my palate. Like for instance, not a huge Cobb Franc, Franc fan. You know what? I can usually, if it's above a, a few percentages, I can pick it out in a Meritage or a Bordeaux. I mean in a Meritage, I, I can. Sorry, we use the word Bordeaux style blend very loosely here in Canada. My apologies, I use that incorrectly. And I needed to understand whites a little better. Um, why else did I take that course? Really, I just, just like I say, just because I wanted to. I just wanted to understand better and understand something, an area that I'd, i never traveled to France, Italy, the, you know, Spain, Portugal. I just a huge port drinker, mind you. So Portugal was something I knew a little bit about, but I'd never traveled to those places. Had never done the history. So I'm going to talk a little bit today about some of the BC wineries that I love and kind of what their specialities are and why I enjoy them so much. So my girlfriend and I went down to what we call the Golden Mile. Now there were kind of, uh, I guess, uh, I'm going to limit myself here, but there's a sort of a couple of areas that I really enjoy about the Okanagan Valley. The Naramata Bench, it is up overlooking, it's on a, a big um, cliff that looks down over one of the the biggest lake, actually, Okanagan Lake. Then you head down to OK Falls and Asoyas, and you pass Skaha Lake, which is the, the, the uh, lake that I, I my parents have a home there, close to that lake, and that is my favorite lake. And then you head down to the Black Sage Bench and the Golden Mile. What is very interesting about the Okanagan Valley is because a glacier came through that valley millions of years ago, the terroir there is is dynamic and different in ways that very few places on earth can bring that kind of diversity in such a small area. You know, you can be on one side of the, one side of a river or a lake and it's silt on one side and clay or bedrock on the other and slate. These types of, growing conditions produce very, very different types of wine. And because it is a valley, so you've got a sunshine issue of you know where it rises and sets, different grapes will grow differently on each side of, of the valley. And we're not talking a large valley here, D- you know, we're not talking as far as the eye can see type thing. This is a very, I guess I would g- really consider it a small valley, a very, very, it's very tight. So you're not traveling large distances to get to some of the most amazing wineries. Now, when the Okanagan Valley first got started, things that came out of that area were plunk. I got to say, we are known for our fruit. And 20, 30 years ago, things started to turn around in some in some wineries, even longer. But you really noticed the difference 30 years ago when people started tearing out vineyard, uh, orchards and, and planting grapes. But you couldn't really age anything past five years. And there's the other thing too, is I like wine with age on it. So I I wasn't an old world wine drinker either because I didn't like things sitting for 10, 15 years, turning garnet in the glass and having no flavor. To me, that was just boring. I've learned to appreciate that, the subtleties of of those types of aged wines, but my palate still prefers to taste the fruit and have that, you know, sort of fresh, a little bit more fresh on the palate type sensation. But once you've learned all that and you've developed a, a palate for wine, I also don't like drinking young wine. To me, it's just green and sour and, you know, it's just, it almost as it hits my tongue it's turning my stomach it's like yeah no I that's I always joke that's not worth the calories when I was younger now I joke that's not worth the arthritis today (laughs) because alcohol 100 percent and above everything else is a poison you need to understand that when you if you drink alcohol is a poison in moderation it is a spectacular enhancement to food and lifestyle but overdone it's it can really really harm your health And as a person with fibromyalgia and the beginning of some types of arthritis, I have to be very careful about my sugar, alcohol, and dairy intake because those are very inflammatory substances and have to be used in moderation. So we're up there and I have been moderating myself for weeks in advance so that I could overindulge a little bit while I was up there the other thing I had to do is I had to take my business cards and do a little reconnaissance which I should have done last year but I didn't get around to it there is a private members club being built in a location here called South Surrey White Rock area that I'm I am on the board it's a nonprofit society and we would like to create a wine club for this particular club and of course the owner is the builder of this and the owner and founder of all of this is one of my best friends and she asked me to assist in this well that's great fun, getting to go visit wineries and <laughs> calling it business. One of my very first stops, because we are in Penticton, and that is sort of in the middle, so our wine country stretches the heart of the wine country. There's lots of things in the outlying areas. Runs from Vernon to Asoyas, okay? And everything in between. Summerland, he- Headley, up to Nirmata Bench, the Golden Mile, through the Oliver uh, area, as I mentioned. I always stop at Blue Mountain. They have made a decision not to be trendy. They don't keep ripping up their vineyards and planting whatever the public thinks they might want next and try and getting ahead of the curve. They have dedicated themselves to traditional style champagne, which we cannot call that here in Canada. It has to be a sparkling wine because it's not grown in the champagne area of of, uh, France, and Pinot Noir. And they do it spectacularly. Okay? So that is my treat and this is not champagne or this is not sparkling for people that like Prosecco or like things that are light and fruity. This is yeast and bread in a glass and they do a, just a brilliant job of it and it is now open for public tastings. For a number of years it was by appointment only and it's just lovely. So Blue Mountain is one of my favorites and it's literally only 15-20 minutes down the road in the, um, just outside uh, Oke Falls before Oliver. Heading down a little further. We went down, my girlfriend and I did a whole day tasting just ourselves for a girl's day. We headed down to a Soyuz and headed down to that area of the Golden Mile and, and the Black Sage Bench. There is a wonderful vineyard there called Stone Boat and I have followed it for years from the time they literally almost planted the grapes to when they first built their tasting room when it was literally a shack and then there was a floor, and then there was an actual tasting table that wasn't just on a set of sawhorses, and next it was fully decorated and had become a bit of a cult classic, and there's a grand piano sitting in the corner of the tasting room. They do something called Pinotage. It is a South African grape, and honestly i would have to say next to my sparkling my favorite wine in in the Okanagan Valley stoneboat vineyards is what they're called and they are wonderful a lot of the vineyards are family run i'm not a big fan of the big corporate cedar creeks and things like that that are corporate run now they're owned by a, a big vinco company they are lovely table wines and they do make some some wonderful wines but they're very commercialized now but they are the places that you want to be going when you, there are events because they have the venues for it. I mean, uh, Mission Hill is just spectacular. The location and everything is, I mean, there's just no two ways about it. Brewing Owl used to be, I used to keep um, a full vertical tasting of them in my cellar at all times. And again, they've just kind of become commercial. And even if you do buy a bottle, they charge you for the tasting. I just have no patience for that kind of nonsense. So, you know, I don't drink wine to be a snob. I drink it because I love it. And I'm looking for the value and I'm looking for quality and I'm looking for friendliness. I'm I'm looking for someone that wants my business. And a lot of, some, some of the vineyards, they kind of lost sight of that over the years. Then heading just down past O.K. Falls is a place called Noble Ridge. This was an amazing couple from Edmonton that came out and followed a dream and built themselves literally in a state winery that is just amazing. Again, a Pinot Noir house. My husband is a huge fan. Uh, he wasn't when we first started drinking wine, but he is now well-balanced. It ages well. And I'm sorry, I probably lost my train of thought. I did make a comment that when the Okanagan Valley first got started, yes, we were making a lot of plunk. And then when it first kind of got going, we didn't have the a lot of the winemakers didn't have the expertise to build a really complex wine that could age. That has changed drastically. Even some of the smaller wineries. What's happening now in the industry is winemakers from Europe and Australia places in France they will come over on contract they don't they don't they're not here full time they come in they're paid to come in do what they do best and and head out again and then someone on site sort of manages day to day Uh, I really found this very interesting this sort of hire the the professional type uh, approach to winemaking then there's just some people that just have a knack and I'm going to speak about a new winery that uh, I discovered that just rocked my world and literally, I'm a, I have an accounting background. This fellow was an accountant. So talk about just having a gift and being a, a person of knowledge. Like he literally just followed around everyone that could teach him anything. So Stoneboat does a great Pinotage. Noble Ridge does a n- number of lovely wines. But th- for me, when I'm par- I'm part of their uh, wine club member, it's all about their Pinos hillside winery and Black Hills which became a huge cult classic we have a fairly well known actor here in Canada called Jason Priestley and he ended up helping start that winery and it kind of became like I say a, a very much a cult cl- classic like uh, Le Vie they as well you know if you don't buy the wine there or you're in a good restaurant you're not always going to find it in a liquor store and their their meritages and 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 their mosaics uh, these are just kind of their names for the their uh, high-end blends that age you know anywhere from five to ten years are fabulous and by the way if you're giggling at my french pronunciation a few seconds ago sorry i have no knack for that whatsoever even after three years of of uh, taking a wine course my instructor just shook his head and rolled his eyes every time i tried to pronounce something um but you know what doesn't change what's in the bottle just because i can't pronounce it so these types of wineries produce beautiful big reds. I have been a wine member it's really since almost inception. I have a 10-year vertical tasting of the Black Hills... Um, I was going to saw, call it mosaic, but it's not. the Nota Benny hillsides is called mosaic, and these are their big reds. they're just they are just amazing. they're they're just they're just meaty on the tongue. they are made for red meats with the tannins and the aging and they're just they're just beautifully blended. And some years are better than others. Now we of course allow irrigation here in British Columbia and in Canada. well most of North America, as far as I know, unlike France that is so strict. So we're able to step outside of the boundaries that a lot of the traditional wineries from the old world are simply not able to. So the Okanagan Valley is a desert. It truly is a desert and yet because of the lakes and the location irrigation is not a problem. That's why fruit is very abundant there and now wine has become a huge thing. But I need to talk about my my new love. My girlfriend who has a friend took me into a place down on by the golden mile called platinum bench. Now I'd never heard of them and it was like, okay. And she's telling me the story about how this man and wife started this winery. And this woman makes artisan bread and he went off. His name is Murray Jones went off to learn to make wine. Now a couple of great winemakers in that particular area. And that's the, that down there is the golden mile and the black Sage bench. they, kind of took him under his wing and he learned everything they were willing to t- t- to teach him. Everything. Just a very humble man. Great sense of humor. And his wife bakes these artisan breads with different types of cheese and savories. And you're not allowed to taste the wine without the bread. Like they literally, they do a food pairing with every tasting. It is literally a place, it's a little teeny place that you could go in and spend two hours if you really got you know, got interested in what was going on. Well, luckily, the person that recommended us there, Murray, knew them very well, and Cindy mentioned that this is who had sent us there. Whoops. And as well, I was looking for sort of a black horse or a dark horse for my um, for my wine club. Something maybe wasn't mainstream. You know, I'm not looking for the Noda Benny or the Mosaic that are, you know, like I say, they're cult classics, and they're very popular, and if you, you know, you're either in, in that groove or you're not, and sometimes the wines sell out, and just higher end establishments are just expected to carry these types of wines, and these are these are the newcomers. Not inexpensive wines by a long shot, but in my world, because I do not drink daily any longer, I would rather open a forty dollars bo- bottle of wine that has aged spectacularly on the weekend than order three or open three twenty dollars bottles of wine throughout the week. I just you know. My joints just can't take that kind of sugar and alcohol and inflection any longer. So I, I just want the quality when it's there. And I do have a small wine cellar still in, in our in our newer home and um, I'm able to age wine, so I'm I'm very, very fortunate. So Platinum Bench is what they're called. Murray Jones is the owner. I would highly suggest you Google them if you uh, are interested in BC wines and you are going to be in for the, the the surprise of your life. If you are visiting that area, please, please, please hit them early. The bread runs out because you definitely want to take, they sell the bread as well. You want to take it with you. Now, I'm a celiac and I'm going to fess up to being very naughty. <laughs> I did a lot of naughty things the last two, the last two weeks on vacation got a little sneak out the back from Murray. He he had a little contraband of a couple uh, loaves of bread, even though out front to the public, they were all sold out and sent Cindy and I off with some. And I ate it all. That night, if it had gluten or wheat in it, I just ate it all. Was I sick for three days? Yes. Yes, I was. But I am not someone that lets gluten in my diet in little bits every day. It's either once or twice a year. It's all or nothing because otherwise, you know, you're sick all the time I won't go into the whole medical I'll do a a podcast actually on on celiac disease and and being gluten intolerant in the next little bit because I have a lot to say about the subjects because I've done a lot of research but um, needless to say they are not things to cheat on if you have those issues if you're going to cheat cheat big and then be strict 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 the rest of the time anyway so platinum bench breads and such. So let's run through a couple of other places that I just have a lot of fun with up in the Naramata Bench. That That's heading back up towards between Penticton and Kelowna. But it's at the Pente- Penticton side, just five minutes out of town. Some great new wineries are up there. I always like going into Elephant Island because they do fruit wines and they make the most amazing martinis with their fruit wines. So they're, um, and you're going to laugh at my accent again, Foinbois, you know, the raspberry, and some of their other fruit wines just make. Fabulous mixers with gin or vodka. There's also, we have our own uh, gin house now, apparently. Um, Not apparently, I I was there last year, I apologize. But we didn't end up doing the Naramata Bench this year because we did it last year. And the other thing as well is because now I belong to wine clubs for wineries that I do enjoy and that I want in my cellar all the time, I I just don't go out purchasing like I used to. You know, there was a time, you know, years ago, when my goodness, I had to have my parents bring home my wine because I think there was twelve cases in the garage, and I couldn't get it. We couldn't get it all in our vehicles to get home, and we and we had a trailer with an ATV on the back of it, and couldn't have it bouncing around in that either. So those days are sort of done. My wine arrives at my front door. I'm very grateful, and I usually go tasting just to discover new things or to take friends because there's just some people I know that they, you know, they enjoy wine but they don't have my knowledge and they just come on shall I come and talk to me and, and walk me through it. And we, and we just have a, such a wonderful, wonderful time. One of the other beautiful, two beautiful wineries that you need to visit just simply because of the buildings themselves, and we are down again at the Penticton between O.K. Falls side again, is Painted Rock and Liquidity. Now Painted Rock, their wines are exceptional. Again, they're not inexpensive wines. These are 30 to $40 wines for aging. They do do a couple things in the $25 mark and a couple of nice whites, but their, their vineyard is spectacular. They will be in my wine club. And the owner takes such incredible pride. Their vineyards are stunning, even from the lake. So we're on the lake every day in the boat and can look up the hills on these wineries. And their Painted Rock is just spectacular looking. Even from the roadway where you're a lot closer, he doesn't even let weeds grow along the side of, his, uh, side of his vineyard. So like I say, when someone takes that kind of pride and has that personal interest, there's many times the winemaker, uh, the, the owner is behind the counters, you know, serving in the tasting room. I just have to appreciate that type of um, dedication. Liquidity is beautiful as well. Their wines are lovely. Um, I have uh, some friends that have commented that they think that maybe they're a little bit overpriced for what they are. I think they're lovely you kind of get into a place in the in the Okanagan Valley where you think good bad is it worth that money i guess i've just gotten to the point in my life that I'm used to spending $35 a bottle for, for good aging wine, and if it can compete with my loves, if it can compete with my mosaics, my Nota Bennys, and things like that, then then I'm willing. And black, The Bear, there's a, a vineyard over down the Hedley, 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 Hedley way, he makes um, Fairview Cellars, they make a, a, a wine called The Bear. That aged my cellar beautifully for seven years, and it was spectacular. So when I have that sort of, that's my goal post, but I have friends that simply, you know, they drink Copper Moon and they just don't, it, they just don't have the palate for it. And they're like, there's not a chance that I'm spending that kind of money on wine. They're looking for the $15 stuff and that is fine as well. And there's lots of wineries up there that make a lovely Merlot, their first yield blends that are between $15 and $19. You'll always, Blasted Church, for instance, you must, if you're looking for table wine, you must visit Blasted, Blasted Church, get the story. Fabulous staff, dog friendly, beautiful view. You know, there's just um, there's just a lot to be said for for what goes on up there. Hillside has a beautiful bistro, wild goose has a lovely barbecue place now. They've if you've visited wild goose in the past and you thought, really? They have changed drastically. So I, I do, I do recommend them. And now I'm just sort of running through my head to think, you know, where else do you want to go? If you're up in the Kelowna area, of course you're gonna go to Mission Hill and Quail's Gate. They are just beautiful locations, beautiful restaurants and there's events always at mission hill quail's gate has a beautiful bistro i am trying to think a uh, gray monk i think is the one i'm thinking of between Kelowna and vernon they do a beautiful pinot as well and there's a brand new winery up there that i do not know if it has made it but it was you know really going for i'm going to say it again La Pen. Pen, pain i never say it right that's down in the Golden Mile, they're a little bit similar to that. A lot of money went into it, you know, they're looking for the image, they're looking for those high-end wines, and they brought a good winemaker in. I just don't remember the name of the winery, I'm sorry, but they're up by the Vernon area by, by, uh, Gray, by, um, I was gonna say Grey Goose, <laughs> by Grey Owl. No, I've got the wrong name completely, it'll come back to me in a second, I apologize. And then you can make your way down to Dirty Laundry. I mean, there's, there's uh, Geringer Brothers has always got a gr- just a fabulous everyday wine. The winery that I haven't checked out I- ever, and there was actually ads on the radio this time, was Myers, And I heard some fabulous reviews from some friends. And so that is actually on my list. I've made a note in my, my stuff to visit them next time. There really isn't much in the way of, of, of bad, So I encourage you if you love to wine taste, get on one of those coach tours and uh, try a couple of areas so that you can do what you need to do. And if you are traveling, I saw some people doing the craziest things up there. Uh, Wine is very uh, touchy to temperature. Do not load a F-150 black truck with a tonneau cover full of wine in the back and go wine tasting for six hours. That wine, it will be 60 degrees under that tonneau cover after a couple of hours. There's no air conditioning reaching it, and you are you are you could skunk your wine so easily. And I just kept seeing it over and over again, and going, oh, please don't do that. Your your uh your cab or your truck deserves the wine, or spend the 10 bucks and have it shipped. If you're buying a case, especially, get it shipped because you will be grateful that you salvaged that because a lot of heavy, heavy heat in the Okanagan Valley can get up to 40 degrees. Uh, quite easily in midsummer, and and you'll be doing yourself a disservice. So make sure you you know keep your wine at a cooler temperature. Don't go out in hot, hot black vehicles and just leave them in there for hours. They're like pets. Don't do it. All right. So what else can I tell you today about wine? Um, that's really about all. I just kind of wanted to share my experiences about the wineries that I visited. I just I just love them. You know, there's just so many fun places. A lot of the the lovely wineries that I visit have now started doing not bistros but uh, they're chartreusseries. I think I've said that right. I hope so. So you can order a lovely cheese plate, a glass of wine, and many of the wineries now allow you to buy a bottle inside and go right onto onto their deck with a glass and have it. Uh, That is just a lovely experience. You're not paying that huge, you know, double the, the markup on the bottle of wine. And if you're not staying in a beautiful home on the lake, which most people aren't, or a $400 a night, you know, brewing owl location, you know, it's just beautiful to just have an afternoon of wine and cheese and see the view because it is really, really spectacular. Anyways, I hope you all have a great week and I'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you for joining me here today, and if you subscribe to my podcast, you won't miss a thing. Remember to focus on not living in regret. You can reach me on Twitter at livingwell8 or email me at livingwellwithshell at gmail.com. Let me know what you liked best about today's podcast, leave a review on iTunes, or leave me a message on something you'd like me to speak on next. Have a great day, everyone.